Welcome to the online ministry of Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, located in beautiful San Diego, California. Pacific Beach UMC is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and welcomes persons of all ages and backgrounds for worship, study, and service opportunities. More information can be found on our website at pbumc.org. May you be enriched by the hearing of these words, and may you receive and enjoy God's blessing. Our first scripture reading today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 10. May your kingdom come, may your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Our second scripture reading comes from Psalm 90. I will be reading from the paraphrase, Psalms for Praying, an Invitation to Wholeness. Eternal and Immortal One, you have been our refuge in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, before you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are the Alpha and Omega. When our days on earth are ended, you welcome us home to your heart, to the city of light, where time is eternal and days are not numbered. You gather those who love you as friends returning from a long journey, giving rest to their souls. You anoint them with the balm of understanding, healing wounds of the past. For our days on earth are a mystery, a searching for you, a yearning for the great mystery to make itself known. The years pass, and soon the harvest is at hand, a time to reap the fruit of one's life. Who has lived with integrity? Who will reflect the light? Who can bear the radiant beams of love? Who have reverenced the counselor and opened their hearts to the spirit of truth? Teach us O beloved, to honor each day that we may have a heart of wisdom. Awaken us, O Holy One. Too long have we been asleep. Have mercy on your people. Help us to wait in silence, listening for your gentle voice. Strengthen us with courage to face the fears within. O oh, that we might be converted in our hearts and walk together in peace and harmony. Let your love be known to the nations, your glory to our children's children. Let the grace and gentleness of the Holy Spirit be upon us, guiding our feet upon paths of love consciousness. Increase the light within us. O oh, beloved, hear our prayer. Amen. Thank you, Anna. So we uh, come to this day that has been a long time in coming. Uh, we are doing something unusual, celebrating the completion of this Labor of Love project, which was a project that started in 2014 to replace um, some of the very outdated and crumbling and irreplaceable windows and also the doors of the sanctuary. It has been a long labor. I don't think anyone anticipated that it would that it would be as long as it has. But um, given that it has been so long, it has um, 
been supported and tended to by many, many people along the way. And so I come to this day with a deep sense of gratitude uh, for what has come before us, for what we've inherited. Um, I am grateful to Pastor April who uh, started this ball rolling in 2014 and then Bob uh, took the reins of that in 2015 and gave it some new and renewed life and really did do the hard work of the planning and the money and the strategizing um, and so many lay folks, uh, many of you included, who made this project happen, that it wouldn't have happened without you. So it has been such a long labor that it will take four of us uh, to tell you the story and, and to preach this sermon this morning. So I'm going to begin um, at the beginning with Joan Foster, who's going to come and share about uh, some of the early days. And as she's coming, I will remind you, please get up and drink cold water. We do not want anybody to be um, uncomfortable or not well, so move about as we are sharing. Good morning, everyone. PBUMC is always looking for ways to extend God's extravagant welcome to everyone. Part of welcome means keeping the campus comfortable, safe, and inviting. For those of you who have been here a very long time, you may remember when the clerestory window system worked easily. But over time, the system failed and it became difficult to open and close the windows for temperature and air. Some of you may remember that the Ingram Street door became difficult to lock and was a safety issue. But the catalyst for this project was ugly replacements for broken glass. Once in a while, when the pastel glass was no longer needed to be replaced due to broken panes, or a rock was thrown or whatever, um, they, need, they needed to be replaced and um, that type of glass became no longer available. So the glass that was replaced, the dark glass that was available was not aesthetically appropriate. So somewhere around 2010, 2012, the Growing in Faith Committee started talking about how to solve that problem. In 2013, some trustees and Growing in Faith members met with Matt Boomhauer from Southern Cross to begin discussing possibilities for this project. A few months later, Southern Cross presented the Shalom Council and interested parties with three design concepts. Later that year, the trustees, who were then led by Wayne Samuel, had determined that some of the Steve Pruitt funds could be directed to this project, I believe to fund the prep work that was done by Southern Cross. For those who don't remember Steve, he left a substantial gift to the church and was interested in being sure that the community knew about PBUMC's welcome. In May 2014, the Growing in Faith Committee submitted answers to a series of design and functional questions asked by Southern Cross so that they could create a formal budget. Over the next few years, there were a couple of different ad hoc committees working through the project, including figuring out the build budget, how to finance it, and giving it a name, Labor of Love. Some of those folks have moved away, and at least one has passed away, our recently departed brother, Frank Glazer. I don't want to list all the names of all of those who were on those committees because I know I will inadvertently forget someone. So let's thank Frank, the three pastors who have led us through this project, April, Bob, Lori, and all of those who have been a part of the project committees, trustees, finance, and worship committees through this time. The visual and building aspects of the project became solidified in the following years, and of course costs increased. Over that time, there were several people who gave gifts large and small 
and efforts were made to find ways to pay for the project through loans, grants, donations. Russ Gooden passed away in 2017, and his husband Steve Frank died in 2018. While we miss their friendship, they left an enduring gift that was the final piece to finance the Labor of Love project. In addition to Steve and Russ, thank you to everyone who has given a gift to support the project, and to all who have supported the project in your prayers. Thank you, Joan. And I'm going to invite Patty Smith to come forward. She has a few words to share of hers, and also uh, Pastor April uh, sent us a, a message and a note, and Patty will share that as well. Good morning. I'm Patty Smith, and I was fortunate enough to work on the final committee with Bob, <clears throat> Ron Jesse, Lewis, uh, Perez, and Joan Foster, along with um, our lead contact, uh, Rich Bridger, and his partner, Ryan Burrow, who are no longer at, at our church because they moved out of state. But in, the, in this time and this opportunity, which by the way was affected by COVID and all of the other uh, um, roadblocks, should I say, uh, it was so satisfying to see that finally we had a signed contract and the money in the bank to make this happen. And I am so impressed by how we have all pulled together to make, make this wonderful uh, improvement in our church. I'm going to share this letter with you from April. Uh, she was unable to uh, attend today, but she gave me this message to share her thoughts. My memory is that the Labor of Love project had its inception due to some sanctuary window panes that we found referred to as bathroom glass. <laughs> These panels of colored textured glass were original to the building, but did not match the color and joyfulness of the sanctuary renovation completed in 1990s, nor the subsequently installed stained glass windows above the sliding glass doors, which you, if you can turn around, you'll see those. <clears throat> Occasionally, a rock would be tossed from the Ingram Street and our hardworking trustee president, Wayne Samuel, would have to order replacement glass. Unfortunately, the color selection was extremely limited, so we started to dream about replacing all of the dated window glass with something more contemporary and attractive. We asked a consultant to evaluate and suggest opinions, and this is when we discovered that we were going to have to address wood rot in many of the exterior frames supporting the windows. Eagerness to improve both the security and the welcoming possibilities of our entrances rounded out the motivations for pursuing what was shaping up to be a significant capital improvement project. I hope all those who pursued the vision, developed the project, figured out the funding, contributed materially, and oversaw the work will accept my ad admiration. Your persistence has borne fruit in a significant contribution to the current and future ministry of PBUMC, a place and a people dear to my heart, as well as a sign of hope to the surrounding community. 
I give thanks for the lives of the saints gone before us, whose gifts, labor, and faith are among the powerful forces that made possible the completion of this project. We are joined together through time by shared devotion to the purpose of Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to all. Reverend April Heron. Thank you. And then I'll ask Bob, Pastor Bob, to come forward and give him a warm welcome back again. We are so grateful for your presence here today. First of all, it is remarkably wonderful to see you all again. Uh, you all warm my heart, and it's so lovely to be here. Uh, back in uh, 1972, a young woman named Kitty Rhodes went to the hospital because she was in labor. And labor went really fast. It went so fast that her OBGYN never made it to the hospital, which was a good thing because the one doctor who was available would allow my dad to be in the hospital room as well. Um, that labor went a lot faster than this one did. <laughs> Beginning with Pastor April um, and, and some incredible folks uh, uh, here um, uh, that Joan mentioned, I know she was a part of that, I know that she mentioned Frank Glazer, who had the incredible vision but also necessary optimism to help continue us forward uh, with this project. Um, but boy, was it a slog, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, it was a lot of work. Um, but I also think that, that our understanding of this being a labor of love um, must be that recognition of understanding the good work that was done. Um, I, I don't know, you know, Joan mentioned the, the cloister, the, the upper windows, <laughs> and how difficult it was for those to open. If y'all have never seen, and this was like six or seven years ago, if y'all have never seen Dick Versteeg lean a ladder up against here, <laughs> dragging another ladder behind him as he climbs up because he needs that second ladder to get over the edge so he can crawl down there and manually open all, if you've never seen that, God bless you because it's terrifying. <laughs> And so it was so necessary that we look at how we can um, uh, uh, maintain safety of our members, uh, not only in terms of Dick sort of gallivanting across the roof, uh, but also um, uh, uh, safety in terms of uh, you know how, uh, how warm it can get in the sanctuary. Those were all single pane glass. Uh, we just a second ago heard a siren over here, which I don't know how it worked out, but any time a, a siren would go by, it seemed even louder than that, even through the glass. And so uh, having to do the important work to maintain a, a spirit-filled worship space that was you know, safe for us in terms of, of heat and letting some of that heat escape through the top, um, these were important considerations um, in, in helping us have the necessary optimism, the, the courage um, to, to work through all the work there was. I'm so grateful uh, for the folks uh, who've been named already, uh, uh, Wayne and, and, and Frank and Rick and Ryan and, and Joan and Susie and, and Patty, um, uh, Ron and Lewis. Uh, there were so many folks um, 
who, Steve and Russ, oh my goodness, uh, who put so much time and energy. And one of the things that we talked about that I think is essential for understanding the breadth of this project, one of the things that we talked about, especially as we were um, sort of anticipating various plans and fundraising and things like that, is the idea of, of the labor of love being that this is a project that isn't just the project of the folks who have worked on it. This is a project that builds on the firm foundation of people who have been in this congregation and have long gone, whether through moving or the end of life or any of those things. The Labor of Love project is something that builds on a firm foundation of faith and commitment and love and hope and necessary optimism. And in a time when we find ourselves still trying to emerge from COVID, that kind of firm foundation and strength and hope and necessary optimism are essential as we look at what the church can look like in the next 5 and 10 and 20 and 50 and 100 years. When you walk into that sanctuary, and I've only been there a couple times since uh, July 2020, when you walk into that sanctuary, it doesn't look the same as it did in 1992 or 1996 or 2002 or 2012. And when we look at the people, some of us look a little bit different. <laughs> and yet, there is still room for that necessary optimism. There is still room for that sense of hope. There is still recognition that as a faith community, as a church family, we are beautifully and wonderfully made. That we are connected in ways that we have been able to build on the generosity and build on the spirit of those who have been before us. And that we can create a community and sustain a community on which the future church may build on as well. What a beautiful privilege it is to stand amongst you all one again, once again, knowing that we are a connected community of faith building on that foundation so that this congregation continues to be a place of radical welcome, peace, safety, hope, and love. Thank you to you all for maintaining this remarkable congregation. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll stay for a second, we have just a wee little gift for you. Um, to say thank you for not only this work, but all the work that you have done here. It is a little rainbow labor of love <laughs> to say thank you for helping move this project along and for laboring on behalf of love in a lot of ways in this congregation. We are so deeply grateful. There is no trinket that could, that could um, represent that, but thank you, thank you. a spot here you know that um, and you all know I can't help but say just a few words in conclusion um, <laughs> I've been involved in in two building or renovation projects at churches one um, here and really I had not very much to do here um, and one at the San Lu Louis Ray Valley United Methodist Church and there are there are several things that I have learned about building building projects um, or renovation projects along the way First, um, they can be a sticky wicket, and they can raise a lot of questions about resources and priorities. What are we doing with our money? How are we using our money? Um, and I can't help but recollect the accounts in the Gospels where Jesus is anointed by um, a woman, sometimes Mary, and the disciples say, why is this costly ointment being used, um, just wasted, when it could be used to serve 
the poor. And I think we always have that question with us. We always struggle with how we use our resources wisely. And we open our eyes in this community each and every day. We serve a meal here every week. We look into the eyes of folks um, who represent that need. And so we are aware of the realness of that um, and the struggle of balancing the needs of individuals and also um, how we use our, our priorities and our resources. Another thing that I have learned about building projects is that there can sometimes be collateral damage with building projects. And usually that's in the form of people who get sort of used up and burned out in the process. Many of you know that I worked as a hospice chaplain for a lot of years. And whenever a new person came onto service with us, I received what we called a face sheet about that person and it listed all kinds of information including how they identified um, if they did identify as having any kind of religious or spiritual tradition so sometimes i would look at a person's face sheet and say oh they're a methodist and i would go to them and visit and i was quite naive in those early days i would say what congregation are you connected to and most frequently, people looked at me like, what? And they said, oh, I haven't been to church in years. And I'd say, but you wrote down Methodist on your sheet. I, so that's why I asked. Um, and, and nine times out of 10, when I inquired, like, well, tell me about your last, your last experience at a Methodist church, nine times out of 10, they would say, I was either part of a building committee or a capital campaign, and it just did me in. Is that why they were the hospital? <laughs> Maybe so. So, so many people, um, and it was, it was slightly humorous, and it was also slightly sad um, that we have burned people out with building projects and capital campaigns, and folks said, oh, I'm done um, because of those experiences. And yet, and yet, I know that building projects and renovation projects at churches are important. They are essential. For starters, the way that we create and maintain our space honors our creator. This is the space where we come to do an important, essential thing, where we come to worship. How we care for this space reflects our appreciation, our reverence, our love for the God who loves us so well. And while I don't believe God is impressed by showy displays of wealth, I do believe God appreciates beauty and receives our efforts to praise God through that which is beautiful with delight. In addition, safe, friendly, welcoming space makes a difference to those who come here seeking a connection with the holy. Having a space where people can feel at home, having a space where people want to belong, means having a space where people can and will pause long enough to encounter the transforming love of God. And then those of us who have gathered will grow as disciples and go back out into the world, sharing that love with others in transformative ways. It's important to have a place where people 
want to come, where they can settle in for a bit, where, where they feel safe and comfortable in order for them to be equipped and empowered to go back out into the world to further God's work of love, justice, and peace. Building projects or projects that involve buildings are important. And it is so, so good that we are celebrating the completion of this particular project today. But it is also important. It is essential to remember that this building project, that any building project, is just a short-term undertaking that is a part of our lifelong goal, a part of our work, a part of our labor that continues. And that is to be a part of the building of God's kingdom, God's kingdom as it comes. That is our ultimate and ongoing labor of love. We are reminded by this psalm of the vastness of God's being. This is a, a paraphrase uh, written by a Catholic laywoman and they're wonderful paraphrases of the Psalms. And it begins, eternal and immortal one, you have been our refuge in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, before you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are the alpha and the omega, meaning you are the beginning and the end of all things. We were not there at the beginning. And there are so many others who have gone before us, mentioned today, who have labored with kindness and hope and dedication, who have, as the psalm says, been welcomed home to the heart of God, to the city of light, where time is eternal and days are not numbered. We, like they, have the opportunity to do our part now. We are here in this community. We are here for this time. We are here for these moments. We recognize that God's compassionate labor continues in this world. The labor for adequate shelter and nourishing food and clean water for all. The labor for dignity and respect for all, the labor for peace and justice for all. That holy labor is a long one as well, spanning many generations. And just as we were not there at the beginning, we will likely not be here, at least in this way, at the end. But may we do our part here and now in the precious time that we have. Together, may we embrace our ongoing labor of love with kindness and hope and dedication. May we find joy and meaning in being invited to participate in God's holy and unfolding story of everlasting life and love. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Loving God, on this Labor Day weekend, we give thanks for the gift of life and the rhythms of work and play and rest. We are reminded by the heat of this day 
of the most vulnerable in our communities, the unsheltered, the ill, the very old, and the very young. We are reminded, too, of the vulnerability of your created earth at large as we navigate the crisis of climate change and its impact on individuals and communities, as well as flora and fauna around the globe. We pray for all beings and entities who struggle or suffer in any way today. May your spirit be a breeze that cools, restores, and encourages each one. We remember and lift up today workers of every kind. We remember those who descend into the earth, their work beginning in darkness, pulling from the ground the resources we steward. We remember those who work inside buildings, away from the light and brightness of the day. We remember those who work outside in the harsh elements of our world, the bitter cold and sweltering heat. We remember those who work during the wee hours of the night. We remember those whose work puts them regularly in harm's way. We pray, O oh God, that you stir in our hearts compassion and understanding for all people who labor tirelessly for their basic needs. We pray for those who are struggling to find work. We pray for those who are unable to work due to illness or other circumstances. Help us to see and acknowledge each one as your beloved child and to continue to build communities and systems where each one is valued and all can find fair and meaningful work. We celebrate the completion of our Labor of Love project as we dedicate this space once again to you and your holy and life-giving movement in the world. As we look back with thanksgiving, bring to heart all those who have gone before us who have labored on behalf of love in this place and then return our hearts to this present moment to this critical time and empower us to continue their work your work as we labor together for your beloved community we pray these things in jesus name Let us join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> 